feeling a bit like Alice. Tumbling down the rabbit hole. No, I'm not. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I'm awake. Are you? Let's go now to our new episode of The Unfiltered Rise with me, Heidi Love. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Unfiltered Rise. And today we have with us a new guest. This is Rod from MormonPerfection.com. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. And it's nice to meet you, Heidi. Nice to meet you. And we've been chatting for a moment. And I just love that we're able to like talk about all of our experiences coming out of Mormonism, coming out of different things, learning. So I am excited to hear your story today. What do you got for me? Blow it. Blow my mind. Blow my mind. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I I could probably talk for an hour. Do we have that long? We have however we need to have. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, um, so um, I'll start with my my story of leaving the church. Um, um, I Well, I'll I'll back up a little bit. I joined when I was 17. Um, I was dating a girl in ninth grade. She was a member of the church. Her whole family was... Um, she had an older sister who was married and had, you know, several kids already. Um, my home life wasn't receptive to having the missionary discussions, so we had them at her sister's house. Um, and uh, and some of the things that we did, I, I got really involved in their lives. All of them. We went to the beach together in California, the Bay Area is where I grew up, and all of that. Um, and uh, we had they got me really into genealogy and family history. And that was the hook that just like really got me because my father, I lost my father when I was very, very young. um, And I wanted to know more about who he was and where I came, what made me up as a human being. Um, And to learn more about him and my ancestors kind of, man, did I take to that? I'm telling you, I love family history and genealogy. It is my thing. Um, and right right now, I'm actually working on a project for my grandmother-in-law. Um, uh, we're doing we're going to do uh, a wall chart um, that's going to be professionally made. Going to order it, um, and we're also going to order a book that's probably going to be around 320 to 350 pages. She just turned 80, um, and Aww. so this we know the book will be passed down from generation to generation. It'll be something cherished. Um, and I just, I'm so excited to do it all. And mother-in-law is paying for it. I'm doing the work. It's a collaborative thing and we're all putting in together to make it happen. Um, and it's going to be quite a surprise. Um, so anyway, um, they have a saying that I, I haven't heard, but um, in the culture, uh, datum, dunkum, and dump them. And that's what happened to me. Oh, yeah. no. 
So she she tried to come on to me. Um, she was not uh, in her. She was not in the walk that I was in. Um, I took it serious. I was a convert. I believed 100%. I believed in God and Jesus Christ before Mormonism. And this just like re-clarified it and made it so much more accurate in my mind at the time. Um, and um, I mean, was 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 Jesus doing a ventriloquist act when he was being baptized, when the voice came out of the clouds and said, this is my beloved son and whom I'm well pleased? Um, and you know, the, the dove. And then, you know, when he was on the cross, was he just praying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do and all that stuff, you know, was he just praying to himself? Uh, how did that all work? And I now understand that better with uh, the analogy of water or the egg. Um, they all have three parts, um, ice, uh, steam, and liquid, um, or eggshell, egg white, egg yolk. Um, but they're all one and the same. Um, I, love so, I love that reference to the Trinity. I think that's great for our listeners because maybe everybody doesn't know that. So Yeah, I, I like to look at it. I get real analytical, but like you have the egg shell, you have the egg white, you have the egg yolk. Um, and these, these things um, separate are not the egg. They're the egg white, the egg yolk, the egg shell. Um, so you have, and you put the word egg in front of each one of those. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all three are God. Yeah. All three of the egg parts make up the egg. You do not have an egg without one or the other. Um, and, and then God holds the universe together. That's the egg shell. The egg yolk is the life, the eternal life that we get through Jesus Christ. And the egg white is what nourishes that life as it grows. I'm getting chills. Um, and, and so that, that, um, that is our Holy Spirit nourishing our new walk in Christ. Um, that, that egg white is our, we're the yolk and the egg white is the Holy Spirit. And, and Jesus Christ, by Jesus Christ, we become that yolk. We can only become the yolk through him that new life yeah um, i so, just have to say i am so grateful that you did not lose god in your loss of mormonism because so many people do and i am so grateful to god that you that you kept yours so yeah i i that's one of the things that i've observed and i i i've come to see a lot of is that um people that are born and raised in the church all of their lives i'd say and, and this is just a guess, I have no idea and I have no factual figures to prove any of it, but I'd say probably upward near 75% of people that are born and raised in the church that leave the church end up becoming agnostic or atheist because they, they throw away all four books because they have been taught that from the Mormon's perspective, the Mormon church's perspective or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, perspective <laughs> that um that god was once a man that he lived on an earth like this earth that he has a body as tangible as man's even though the bible says god is a spirit um and that jesus christ is a spirit brother of lucifer um and as we talked um previously um our um oh my goodness i'm gonna lose my train of thought um 
It happens. It'll come back. <laughs> if you, if you tell someone that, hey, I know this guy named Rod that has brown hair, brown eyes, dark complexion, um, is tall, or no, short and super skinny. Well, that's a whole different rod. That's not this rod. Um, and this rod has blonde hair, blue eyes, chubby, tall, and yeah. So when you change the attributes of who God is or what God is and change the attributes of Jesus Christ, it's no longer the God and Jesus Christ of the Bible. And to understand the Mormon interpretation of the Godhead and how that, that differs so greatly from the, the Bible, but the Mormon church has put their twist on God and their additional teachings outside of the Bible. Um, and so um, it, it just, uh, so like I said, when I, when I left the church, it was learning that I am not divine in nature. I am fallen in nature and I cannot, I'm not a God in embryo that I will not become a God someday. So let me go back to my story, leaving the church. Um, so I went to a state conference and there was a speaker that was up at the podium. And I don't remember who it was. I, I remember we had the guy that, that told all the stories, the lies. We had him come once um, to our state conference at the, in Boise, Boise, Idaho. Um, and uh, he, he said uh, that uh, we should stay away from anti-Mormon literature and anti-Mormon media. I had never heard that term before. There was what, no around what year was this? So people know like when you're ish, just ish. Well, I left in writing on May 3rd, 1998. Um, in fact, my 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 all of my documents are on my website, my baptism, my ironic, my Melchizedek priesthood, uh, my patriarchal blessing, my temple sealing, my uh letters of recommendation from Christian churches that I went and spoke at after leaving. Um, and uh, all of that is available on my website under documents. Um, it's all there. Um, loud and proud. Didn't even white out stuff and block it out. <laughs> I'm terrible, including the people you know? that it's all there. Um, so anyway, you went full in. You went full in. I was like, I'm going to, you know, I don't want anybody to doubt that I'm not who I say I am that I have the experience, and here's the proof. Here's the documentation. I lived it. I was sealed in the Boise Temple. Um, but I'd say it was probably 97, because I left in May of 98, that this happened, um, and this conference, this state conference. Um, and um, so he planted the seed because... I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what anti-Mormon literature or anti-Mormon media, I, did, I never heard that. I never even conceived that people would prosecute, persecute, whatever you want to call it, the church, or would, you know, lay out the truth in real life. That's right. what it is. Right. Um, you know, and so I went to, in Boise, um, I went to the local family Christian bookstore. That's where my roots are. So yeah, let's go there. <laughs> See what they got. So we all See? go. We all go back to our roots. 
right? Maybe there's something there about this that he's talking about. I don't know. So I go there and lo and behold, they had a whole video rental section, rental videotapes, mind you, because it's 98. Right. Um, yeah. And I had my Blockbuster card. We're close to the yeah, same. <laughs> so so um, I, I go in and I start renting these films. I rented um, uh, Temple of the Godmakers, um, Godmakers 1, Godmakers 2. There's the Godmakers and then there's Temple of the Godmakers. Um, and then I walk, and then the final one that did it was uh, this film that's kind of hard to find. I believe it was done by Jeremiah Films. Um, it's called The Mormon Dilemma. And there is this Christian man that lives next door to this mock Mormon couple in, in a nice neighborhood. And they film the neighborhood a little bit, too, and everything. Um, and um, his church... He's a Christian. They're Mormon. His church is putting on this uh, video. They're going to show the cartoon segment from the Godmakers film, just the cartoon segment. And they are saying it's full of half truths and half lies and mixed, you know, all this stuff. And it's not correct and it's not accurate. He's like, well, I'd love for you to show me. I'd love for you to put that to me. So he came over later that evening and they watched the video and they kept pausing it in while you're watching this video. They kept pausing the video they're watching to check sources. Um, and so they have, you know, of course they're Mormons. So they had their library of Mormon publications and books and they went and got them and brought them back and they went through it and, and found that it is in the, the writings of the church. These are books published by the church. And, this is all things that are taught. So that cartoon, although it does seem to be exaggerated, embellished, and all of that. Well, it's a production. So it is yeah. on point yeah. accurate. Right. 100%. Um, and he felt he, they watched that. After they're done watching it, they sit around the dining room table and he starts going over scriptures with him, with them. Um, Isaiah 43, 44, 45, multiple times God is, is saying through his prophet Isaiah, I am God, there is no other God, I know not any, none before me and none after me. Knowing my Bible, the scripture at the time when I made my video on my, on my YouTube and on, my, on TikTok and stuff, um, I, I thought it was in Revelation. Um, but it's actually, uh, I don't remember now, dang it. But anyway, it's a scripture that says, um, when Christ returns, if you don't accept him as your Lord and Savior, um, that he will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, for I know you not. And forgive me, but I speak in King James, not, I will never do NIV, sorry, but that's me. That's, that's okay. Um, I'm a very King James NRSV. I actually really like the old Catholic Bible, but NRSV oh. because, well, because I believe they're all pertinent, but I know it, it gets sticky for theology and theologists there, but like the American, American Standard Version too. Mm -hmm. um, it replaces Lord with Jehovah um, where it's appropriate, where it's all capital right. letters, all caps. Yeah. So anyway, um, so my brain says, depart from me, workers of inequity, for I know you not. 
that part of that verse. This I'm just sitting. My my third wife is at work. I'm home alone, and I'm watching this, and tears are rolling down my face um, because this verse popped in my head while I was watching this, where it says, "I know not any, none before me, and none after me. I know not any. I know you not." If I believed that I was going to become a God someday, then he was going to say, I know you not when he returns, because that's not what the word says. I know not any. And so at that very moment with that video, that was the final thing that broke the straw or broke the shelf or whatever you want to call it. I hate that term broke the shelf because everybody uses it. And, and, yeah. uh, but anyway, it broke mine and I was like, my wife was going to be coming home from work and I didn't know how I was going to tell her, but I did. And she was, she said, Rod, I'll go wherever you go. And we started attending a church in Meridian, Idaho, um, called the church of God seventh day. <clears throat> not Seventh-day Adventist. I wouldn't accept oh. another fallen prophet. Ellen White is a false prophet, just as Joseph Smith was. Um, but the Mormon church likes to call Sunday the Sabbath a lot. Right. And I despise that because it is not the Sabbath. Um, and it's you can call it the Lord's Day if you want. Um, but it was Constantine and the Roman Catholic Church that changed the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday to Christianize the pagans. Meanwhile, pagans brought Christ, brought their ways, their rituals, their ceremonies, their things into Christianity, like Easter, Ishtar, um, and yeah. Christmas. And the uh, it, it says in Job or Jeremiah, uh, one of the J books. Um, Saturnalia not, was Christmas, yes. Not to be Saturnalia. And go into the woods and chop the tree down with the axe and fix it so it stands upright and deck it with silver and gold. That Christmas show we watched when we were kids with the claymation or the whatever. Um, stop yep. Silver and gold, silver. <laughs> and yes. what do we do? You know, yeah, I don't go out and chop a tree down anymore. I did. I have a few times when I lived in Idaho. Right. Got the, the Forest Service and went and did it. Um, but it's a plastic tree now. Um, yeah. But still, it's the significance of it. But I'm not worshiping the tree. I'm not worshiping the 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 balls that are hung on the tree, which is what it represented, um, and all of that. Um, but for a long time, I did get away from that. I I literally would set up a, a manger scene on a table, um, and we would with a cloth over the table, like an end table, um, and we would put our gifts around the 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 manger because the wise men brought gifts right. it was like 12 right. yeah um but that's actually great because i mean i i like you after after you get the full knowledge of everything you step back and go well what do you do with this you know like do you cancel christmas do you cancel everything do you cancel do not participate do not and then i feel like that's really legalistic and then i'm like but I don't want to be a Saturn worshiper or Ishtar worshiper. And then you have to go through it in your mind and get to some kind of, sounds like you did the same thing. Get to yeah. some balance. You know, the scripture is that they were shepherds in the field watching their flocks by night. It snows in Jerusalem. Right. It was right. December when this happened. Right. December no, it was tax season. Yes, it was tax yeah. season. And, and, and December is 
December 25th is the birth of a pagan god. So there's paganism again coming into Christianity, and and now we all believe it and do it. But anyway, so she came home. We left. We went to the Church of God Seventh Day. Um, I'm still at this point. I mean, even in Spanish, sa Saturday is pronounced Sabado. Um, it right. sounds like Sabbath. Um, and um, I it, today I I would probably lean more towards being messianic, um, believing that all of the original uh feasts and tavern uh, feasts and hol uh, holidays are holy days um and sabbaths multiple not just sunday saturday excuse me um saturday <laughs> um are were a rehearsal of things to come even jesus christ himself rested in the tomb on the sabbath um yeah think about that um right. so um and you also don't get three days and three nights in the belly of a well um, as Jonah was in the belly of a well with the Christian version of of the Sunday sunrise, Easter sunrise service, the day Christ rose from the dead. You don't get three days and three nights. Um, sorry, it doesn't work. Um, right. But anyway. Good collaboration on that one. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I, uh, I began um, looking at the temple ceremony um, and um, what I had done in the temple, which I, I come with broken heart and on my knees with my hands clasped, asking for God's forgiveness because I made oaths and covenants to a false God, a God that is not the God of the Bible, is not the Jesus Christ of the Bible. I made oaths and covenants. Mind you, I went in August of 90 um, through the temple. This was after they had removed the bloody oaths from the temple in April of 90, um, where you cut your stomach open or cut your throat or pulled out your heart. Um, in uh, representation, everyone. Just I had a person ask me in the last podcast, he said, like, <laughs> I'm like, no, 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 not really. In representation. You did a hand motion that yeah. indicated that but you didn't never actually there was nothing like that i remember side note i remember at the boise temple mind you the temple's here and the church is here and there's a parking lot in between for the church and then you drive past all of that and you go in the back here is where the parking lot is for the temple well along this side of the temple there was a semi-truck parked and it was some company i don't remember the name of the company but it was a casket company and it oh. said casket company on the side oh. of the semi truck. And what did Mormons do in the temple? Baptism. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, I wish I had a camera and had taken a picture oh, of that because funny. that was just a moment. Oh it was too ironic. Um, but anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, so when I went through the temple um, and I, I worked. At the time, I don't know, I, I don't think at this point when I left the church, I was working somewhere else. But um, once I had moved to Idaho from from California to Boise, um, I was 21. And uh, and I joined the church when I was 17 in the Bay Area, um, baptized in the Napa State Center, Napa, California. Um, and <clears throat> um, 
I, I got a job. I, I worked for Sizzler restaurant. Um, and, uh, you'll know what that is because you're in Utah. I do. I yeah. Do. Um, Sizzler has the most magnificent, or at least they did when they existed. Uh, most of them have gone out of business, but magnificent. Still, salad. I think we still have one left. <laughs> and I worked on the salad bar. There was one in Provo and, um, I worked on the salad bar and they were going to build one identical to the one in Provo near our new mall in Boise, Idaho. And they wanted to get all the people trained for a higher volume restaurant. So they sent us to Provo to the store that was the same footprint, but flip-flopped from the footprint of the new store. Um, and I got to go to Provo, Utah, all expenses paid by the by Sizzler restaurant. Put me up in a hotel, paid for two meals a day, one of them at the restaurant, one of them somewhere else, submit our receipts, get reimbursed, all that. Um, but I took that opportunity on my days off to go to Salt Lake City. And it was amazing. And I'm taking pictures with my camera of all these upside down stars that are all over the temple. There are inverted stars over every window with the, the point pointing down instead of up. Um, and over the doorways, the big, beautiful Salt Lake Temple doorways, um, the, the 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 eagle arch um, that went over the road. I don't know if it's still there. It's there, um, yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, uh, in the Northwestern Visitor Center where the crisis statue was, um, which has now been leveled, it's gone with the with what they're doing um with the with the uh building up the, the salt lake temple in case of an earthquake because you know angel moroni lost his trumpet um <laughs> so, anyway um it fell out in some earthquake they had there and they're like oh we better do something things are going to fall off um so um uh they're shoring that up real good so it'll last forever um and so anyway the northwestern visitor center crisis statue room there was these windows that just basically curved that looked out over the tabernacle. And if you look to the left, you would see up in the corner over here, you would see the temple. Um, and then of course, on the other side of the tabernacle um, is the assembly hall um, and uh, all of that. And another visitor center on the other corner, um, literally diagonally or kitty corner from this visitor center. Um, and in front of that window were these planter boxes and their bench there was benches in front of the planter boxes so it it hit it kind of i have a photo of this i have a photo and of i this. literally pulled the plant the, the benches away away from the planter box so i could take a picture of it and every other recessed panel of this planter box has an inverted star in it yep. there are no symbol mormons don't wear crosses you won't find a cross in a mormon home you won't see it on the temple. You won't see it on the church. You won't see it inside any of those buildings either. But here you have the inverted star, the pentagram all over Salt Lake, the beehive symbol, which they'll say is the state symbol. It represents uh, uh, industry. But in reality, it came from the Masonic Lodge. Yes. Um, and so um, all of this has occultic and pagan roots in it. Um, and then they rebuilt the Nauvoo Temple. Oh right. my gosh, those yeah. windows. Yeah, those the windows. windows. I... When I saw just the frame of the window that was the inverted star, and I, I it's just a frame. It doesn't have the windows uh -huh. in it. The red and blue windows that they put in it. 
Um, I was like, oh my gosh. And then they put them up and there's a circle in the concrete or the asphalt or not asphalt, granite um, around it and another. And they're all in the salt, the, the Nauvoo temple with the point pointing down. And then you have the symbol of Baal, the sun god. Um, and that's on the Salt Lake temple too, the, sim the symbol of the sun. It's not as uh, characteristic um character like a character drawing not a character um it's not as characteristic um as the ones on the salt lake temple but it's it's cartoonish almost okay. um with right. these horns that it's holding is <laughs> no. yeah but it's like on the nauvoo temple and then of course the 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 symbol of the moon in all its phases on the on the salt lake temple yeah. um and um where where did all this come from and, well, and why there's astrology on uh the washington dc temple they have like the big dipper and the little dipper but hidden inside of it is the seal of solomon it's quite interesting i'll show you it's in one of my videos but i'll send it to you later but it was very I, when i started seeing like what you were seeing you step back and go well what's going on you know what why are we doing it? What, what does this mean for us? Because I didn't know, I don't know about you, but I didn't know what a Mason was until a few years ago. So for me, this was huge, you know? Well, and then I heard, you know, the defense from the Mormon churches, and, and I, I get it, um, but you've got to see the other side of it. And the yes. under, in all capital letters, underline three times the beauty in it and the Mormon church doesn't um and that is the symbol of the cross i realize that it may not have been originally adopted by christianity i think the fish symbol was actually adopted first because they had to be secret about um they weren't allowed to worship um and they used the symbol of the fish instead as a way to kind of hide it i think um they that people had to, there was book burnings and they had to have you know the church services in basements and uh, secluded places and all of that um and anyway so i i saw all of this and then i went through the temple and i compared all of this and i go through the temple ceremony and i'm in on every temple carved in granite or stone or whatever it's made out of is holiness to the Lord, the house of the Lord. This is supposed to be a small piece of heaven on earth. Yet they have locks on the lockers when you change your clothes because you have to go through a temple recommend interview twice with this bishop and the state president and ask if you are honest and loyal with your fellow man. And there's locks on the lockers. <laughs> you wear a key and safety pin to your clothes that you walk around with until you get back to your locker at the end of your session. Um, so anyway, I was like, what is that? Why? I shouldn't have to have this. I don't understand why I'm having to lock my stuff up in the house of the Lord. Is that what heaven's going to be like? Um, <laughs> We're going to need a lot of keys. A lot of keys. Break yeah. Break yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so I'm going through the temple ceremony and I'm watching the, the creation ceremony. Now, mind you, this is the post April 1990 ceremony. 
And the video is on my website, Mormon Perfection under Temples. Tabs are at the top. Um, go to Temples and click on the Temple to enter, but be careful. Um, anyway. Um, Make sure you have your recommends. Yes, yes. We'll, we'll scan it at the door. Um, so anyway, um, uh, and the, the video's there, the audio's there, the, the script is there. It's all there. Um, and so Adam and Eve are in the garden. And um, uh, they're looking at all the plant life, you know, and everything. And um, and Lucifer introduces himself. He says, um, he comes into the picture and he says, well, Adam, you have a new world here. And then Adam says, a new world? Yes, a new world. Pattern after the old one where we used to live. And Adam says, I know nothing of any of any other world. Oh, I see. Your eyes are not opened. You have forgotten everything. You must eat some of the fruit of that tree. And Lucifer, he pulls a tree, pulls an apple from the tree or whatever fruit it is. Adam, here is some of this fruit. It will make you wise. I will not partake of that fruit. Father told me that in the day I should partake of it, I should surely die. You shall not surely die, but you shall be as the gods, plural, knowing good and evil. I will not partake of it. Oh, you will not. We shall see. And then he goes to Eve, presents the whole story to her. Um, and <clears throat> here's some of that fruit of that tree. It will make you wise. It is delicious to the taste and very desirable. And Eve says, who are you? I am your brother. Remember? Lucifer is the spirit brother of Jesus, and he's our spirit brother, too. Isn't that neat? Anyway, <laughs> you my brother and come here to persuade me to disobey your uh, disobey father? Is that what all good brothers do? Anyway, uh, is there any other way? There is no other way. Then I will partake. He takes the fruit from Lucifer and bites it. And now go and get Adam to partake. So then Eve goes and gets Adam to partake. Um, and he does it and all that. Um, and and then um I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm reading along because I don't want to make a mistake. Um, yeah. Um, so, um, thou art Lucifer, one who is cast out of Father's presence for rebellion. Yes, you are beginning to see already. That's Lucifer. Um, Adam says, this is really important here. Adam says, what is that apron you have on? And Lucifer reaches down and pulls up his cloak. And he says, it is an emblem of my powers and priesthoods, plural. There's only one religion that claims multiple priesthoods. The Catholic Church claims a priesthood, a priesthood. Right. The Mormon Church claims the Aaronic and the Melchizedek priesthood. It is the only church on earth that claims more than one. Even the Satanic Church claims one. Um, so um, he says it's an emblem of his powers and priesthoods. And then Adam says, I am looking for father to come down to give us further instructions. Oh, you are looking for father to come down, are you? And then Elohim, you hear the voice in the speakers in the temple, in the ceremony, vibe, you know, reverberate um, in the speakers. Says, uh, it's, it's Elohim speaking to Jehovah, who is Jesus, and Elohim being God the Father. Um, Jehovah, we promised Adam and Eve that we would visit them and and give them the give them further instructions. Come, let us go down. And Jehovah says, "We will go down, Elohim." 
And then Adam says, I hear their voices. They are coming. And Lucifer says, see, you are naked. Take some fig leaves and make you aprons. They took this out of the 2023 version. See, you are naked. Take some fig leaves and make you aprons. Father will see your nakedness. Quick, hide. Come, let us hide. The film so stopped. If they, if they take it out, what do they do now? For Do they still put I'll on have aprons? To, I'll, I'll have to switch screens, but I want to continue. Good. We can yeah. go to that. Okay. Um, um, so... Um, then they put on the, the bill stops and the speaker narrates and says, brethren and sisters, put on your aprons. Right. Who told Adam and Eve to put on their aprons to, to make fig leaf, make, sew fig leaves together to make aprons to cover their nakedness? Who was it? It was Lucifer. Why are we following his commandment and doing what Lucifer's in the house of the Lord? We're going to still follow him? Okay. All right. Okay. So we follow him. We put on these green fig leaf aprons later to take them off and put robes on and then put the fig leaf apron on back on over it. Um, and we do all of that. Um, and, uh, you know, God and Jesus come down or Elohim and Jehovah come down. Um, not to be confused with God and Jesus of the Bible. Sorry. I probably should say Elohim and Jehovah. Um, anyway, um, it's just uh, words. Um, so uh, Elohim, uh, you know, calls out, Adam, Adam, where art thou? Um, and Adam says, I heard your voice and hid myself because I was naked. And Elohim says, who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou partaken of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, which we commanded you thee not to partake? The woman that get this is where he passes the buck. Um, the woman thou gavest me and commanded, <laughs> it's always her fault. Um, and it, that she should remain with me gave me of the fruit of the tree and I did eat Eve what has this that thou hast done this is Elohim speaking and now Eve passes the buck Eve says the serpent beguiled me and I did eat Lucifer what hast thou been doing here I've been doing that which has been done in other worlds and so anyway it goes on and on um, and they're it basically does. It does go on and on, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm not going to go through all that. No. But the point is, is that God rejects what man made to cover his sin and replaces it with coats of skin. Where most people in Christianity don't get this, and, and I mean Christianity, not just Mormonism, but... That was the first animal sacrifice for man's sin. God had to kill animals for our sin to provide those coats of skin. It's so beautiful um, and, and gross too. But anyway. <laughs> but good, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so um, he cast them out into the lone and dreary world or the, or the world we live in, cast out of the garden, uh, cherubim and a flaming sword put to block the Garden of Eden so they can't ever come back. And they go out into the lone and dreary world and Adam builds an altar. And at this altar, um, he they they kneel at the altar um, and they're, they're doing the whole, oh God, hear the words of my mouth. Right. Oh God, three times, yes. three. And out from the bushes behind, this is the BAU over here, but... <laughs> 
I thought we were doing, you know, crime scene investigation, not crime scene investigation, but uh, uh, behavioral analysis. Um, so anyway, um, oh God, hear the words of my mouth. This man comes walking out from the bushes, the, tr the, the trees and shrubbery and all that behind comes out and he says, I hear you. What is it that you want? And they look at him and they're like, who are you? They have seemed to forgotten. I guess their memories were wiped or, <laughs> or whatever. Because he's the same man that was back in the garden tempting them to eat the apple or the fruit of knowledge or whatever. Right. Um, and he says, uh, who are you? And Adam, uh, Lucifer says, I am the God of this world. Oh, God, hear the words of my mouth. And who comes? Not God, not Jesus, not the Holy Spirit, not an angel. But Lucifer. Well, and then I blew your mind when I said earlier we were talking and I said, you've got to hear this because they changed it. And they used to say this was a Nokian language. And we used to say Pele El. Well, it actually was Hebrew and it and it was translatable later because now we can look up the symbols and do all that and find out. So too many people found this out. So of course, they changed it. But it means, oh, false God, hear my words. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's like, <laughs> it, 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 that one. It, that was time. accurate. It's true. It's I accurate. mean, honestly, if you want to practice absolute truth in Mormonism, the break off of the Warren Just plan is actually more doctrinally correct as in the original book of mormon doctrine do i recommend that no none of it's good but Which they group? actually the the warren jess group the, the oh, okay. keep with what he actually said but with all the polygamy and all the things and lots of weird stuff but if you go back to that and one of the main people that i follow and i know you follow him because you've reposted his um videos bishop earl he went over the original Book of Mormon and that's why he got out because they had him do something on the higher ups. He was on the up and up, you know, and they said, can you review this or do something? And he said, oh yeah. And then he got done and left the church, which I was like, I mean, that speaks a lot. You know, when you get a manuscript of the real deal and they ask you to help translate some things and you leave, that's, I mean, that speaks. So. Yeah, it does. Um, the, uh, uh, when I when I left the church, oh, well, let me go back. Um, so um, I had learned all these secret handshakes, you know, um, and uh, all of that and the names of all the secret handshakes and and went through the veil and all of that stuff. And um, it, it's weird that the second token of the Melchizedek priesthood, the patriarchal grip or sure sign of the nail is not really a name. It's more like a phrase. It's very long. Um, I, I, I dirty it up and I changed the word, one word, but I'm not going to do that here. Um, but, um, but, uh, uh, the, the priesthood equals a very male dominated church, a very chauvinistic, misogynistic church. Um, and even when you look at the church headquarters, it's got two globes on either side with a tall erect thing in the middle that goes all the way up. What does that look like to you? Come on. So, anyway. Um, it, and also it, they um, in the, in the church, not only do they kind of push women down, 
but they elevate the man to like such a high level that we can never be like, I mean, I guess they changed it, but we had to veil our faces because we yes. weren't even worthy, you know? And that, that was so weird to me. All of it was so, I don't know how you felt because, but this is a great question for you because as a Christian, you are already a Christian. And I, I didn't go to another church, but I found God on my own because my life was so hard. And I never felt God there. I felt scared, alone, freaked out, panicky. When I was in the temple, I was terrified afterward. I don't know how you felt, but it never got better. I felt uncomfortable because I didn't understand <clears throat> how I grew up and what I believed um, from my upbringing in Christianity, um, attending, you know, my mom, Pentecostal. She was in a choir. Um, they they made an album. Um back in San Francisco, they went to San Francisco, the whole choir did, um, Edwin Hawkins and Andre Crouch, big gospel um, names. Um, uh, they helped produce the album in San Francisco with uh, my mom's church and the choir um, that went from Vallejo, my hometown to San Francisco. Um, and I was in, uh, my grand, my grandfather went to the Pente same Pentecostal church, but my grandmother, they were a little bit too much for her um, and so she went to the Assembly of God, which is still Pentecostal, but way toned down. And I was in the Royal Rangers, which is like Boy Scouts of America, but from a different religion, um, but still almost the same. You earn badges, all that stuff. Anyway, and I went to a private Baptist school from first grade through seventh grade. And so when I went through the temple, that's why I had so many questions, because until that moment, you know, the, the whole thing I was telling you about with, uh, you know, Jesus doing the ventriloquist act when he's being baptized and and on the cross praying to himself up in heaven, you know, and um, all of this stuff. Um, uh, it. The Mormon definition gave me clarity to understanding God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit being all three separate individual beings. Well, now the baptism of Jesus and the voice thundering out of heaven made sense to me. The, the Him praying while on the cross now makes sense to me. It didn't make sense before. Right. There were things that did, I didn't comprehend. I do comprehend as a Christian now and not being right. a Mormon. Um, but at that in time, that, in that time frame, in that time frame, in that moment, it was like, well, this, and they, they oh. suck you in and especially as a convert. So you'll, my ex-husband was a convert. They suck you in because they give you, okay, you are lacking your generational stuff. You, they got you in a, you know, genealogy. They make you feel like That's you're in a family. They make you feel like, okay, families are forever. Your dad had passed away. So that gave you like hope. And I feel like they play on these really good things. Like even I have wonderful memories of primary. I have wonderful memories of girls camp. I have all these great memories of community like you were talking about. But when you get to the level where it's going to be the best day of your life today, you're going to the temple. This is the top. We've been singing songs about this since I was four years old. So I'm going to go to the temple today and yeah. then... When um, yes, the song. And when I got there, I'm going, what the hell is going on? And I never felt the same again. Never. I tell you, the 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 whole thing was just creepy. And 
of course, when I when I first went, <clears throat> this was before they changed this too. Now, um, I had to you know do most of the stuff for myself first before. So you get baptized in the church building, um, and the the baptisms that happen in the temple are for dead and dead only, not for living people. Um, and you just basically baptized for and in behalf of someone else that has passed. Um, and anyway, not to go into all that, but um, the initiatory, the washing and anointing, it's called both things. Um, it's called the initiatory work or the, the washing and anointing. Um, I had to go, I had to, first off, we we didn't have a lot of money and I didn't own, I didn't have my own temple clothes. Um, so we had to rent the packet from a rental desk that they had um and uh, uh i believe i had to rent my white clothes too um i didn't even have like white slacks had a white button-up shirt um but didn't have the slippers socks all, all that stuff I had to rent it all and i'm like this feels wrong that i'm having to pay money in the temple because what does that take me back to the Bible, the world, and the world, temple, the, the money changers in the temple, and Jesus throwing the tables over. Yeah, and yeah. what are we doing? We're exchanging money in the temple. Yeah, this should, yeah. this should be from the grace of God. Oh, well, I forgot. And the, and the donations. It, yeah, and it's not like they don't receive ten percent of everyone's income. It's not like they couldn't. I'm not saying that if you don't, if you have the money to buy your own, great. But I mean. What about charity? What about what what's going on with charity? They make tons of money. That's a racket. That is a racket because they have the only patents, the only everything on not only our magical underwear, but the temple clothes and everything. And you have to go to one specific place to get them. And then after all that, here's the better part, people. It becomes like a bougie thing. Like if you buy this bag, funny enough, called symbol symbols is the fancy Mormon bags. I'm like to carry your temple clothes in now. I mean, it became like who has the Louis Vuitton of the temple clothes. It was very, very materialistic. I felt. Yeah. 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 And, and we finally did get our own temple clothes. We finally did buy them. And it, it was like almost a sacrifice to, to it's a lot. Yeah. And um, and then the, the Mormon underwear, you know, the garments that we had to buy. So like in Boise, in the Overland Park Shopping Center was Deseret Book. And on the side of the building was the Beehive Clothing Center. And that's where we would go in to buy temple clothes and garments. Um, the women's were in the pink and the boys were in the blue. And um, and uh, you and they come in many different styles. You can get the silky satin kind. You can get the cotton, you can get the mesh, you can get the thermal. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, okay. And so, <laughs> and we are told that this is supposed to be like a shield and protection against the power of the destroyer. Um, and, oh, and that it will protect us from harm and danger and evil and all that stuff. But we can't wear it in water because Satan is power over water. And we can't wear it, we shouldn't wear it for exercising. Um, and, you know, and then, you know, you, you some people take it super far when they like <laughs> the bathroom and go to the shower. Like yeah. you literally like you put you're supposed to put the right leg in first. And and that's how and, and people will like literally have them right outside the shower to like not even step out of the shower and put their right leg in right away. 
and right. and your right arm goes in first to the t-shirt the top part and and i don't know if you heard about all that or did it or remember any of that oh, or yeah. whatever oh yeah and, um, that, uh, that is the one most hideous thing i do not miss i was eight and a half months pregnant when i went through and i got the maternity garment and yes. i oh my gosh and i was so hot and they don't make them if you're a thicker girl which I am but I'm not thick everywhere I only have big hips and so I have this small waist yeah <laughs> I have this small waist and so I'm like these don't fit these don't fit even when I was pregnant and then I have a short rise even though I'm really tall so it's all over the place I could never get them to fit right and I was so miserable because I don't have a thyroid because I had thyroid cancer and um, I, I get so hot so fast and they just don't care. I mean, you got to wear them, you got to wear them. And that's that. Well, and to top it off for women, you, you were told that the garment had to be next to your skin. Yeah. You have to and put your bra so, over the top. The yeah. bra on over the top of this oh. clothing, not like you would. Yeah. And how, and then when it's the girl time of the month, it's even oh. worse. Yeah, I so can't. Imagine. It's hideous. It was just the worst. I I remember coming out. I was already not. I was not attractive in my twenties. I wasn't. I I I was heavy. I was uncomfortable. I didn't know about my thyroid thing yet, so I was really getting big, and I didn't know why, and all these things. So I was probably the most miserable human I'd ever been when I was at the top of my game. <laughs> the top, you know. It's just. I, I don't know. And it's almost a status thing. I feel like you're so like, if you go to church, even if you only went to the temple one time in your whole entire life and you never went back, boy, you were a temple Mormon. You got the Mormon underwear on. You're more special. You know, you're better than everybody else. And it makes people feel that way. In my temple recommend interview <laughs> with our Bishop, um, he, on the, Hold on. Um, when when I went to my temple recommend interview with my bishop, um, and and here is my last recommend. I had one of these oh, fancy, fancy cards. This is from Boise, the Boise yes. Idaho Temple, and so here's so my funny. recommend. Has my name on it, and and there's the other side of it, um, and um, and then the the person I told you in our pre meeting um, that. Uh, paid for my round trip plane ticket to go to uh, the Columbia, South Carolina Temple Open House. Um, uh -huh. she, sent me, she sent me her recommend too. Um, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. And oh, so, I can see it. There you go. Yeah. Oh, she, funny. And, I don't and, think I, I think I got uh, rid of all mine. <laughs> oh, I saved everything. And then I went to a thrift store and I bought, um, I bought scriptures. Um oh. Somebody else's name's on it, but this is the Bible. Um, and then I have the triple combination. Mm -hmm. And then I have the quad, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you had to have, if you didn't have the quad, you weren't cool. Like, I know. It's all, it was all about money. It was, I don't know. We had ours and it had the Roy family in that yeah. box on the front. And yeah. my, my <laughs> first wife, my son's mother, um, she left me for another man. Um, and she took that Bible that, that the scriptures and 
threw them in the, the coat closet by the front door, um, took the, the scriptures and the temple picture off the wall and threw them in the closet. And the glass <laughs> broke on the temple picture. And it was a big oh, one. Boy. <laughs> it was a big one of the boys of temple. Um, and I was like, why? I didn't understand what was going on. She was born and raised in the church. She's also not, she's an inactive member. I don't think she ever went through the steps of having her name taken off the records, but whatever. Um, so right. anyway, um, in the top corner of my recommend, um, this one didn't do it, but my very first recommend, he had us commit to how many times we could go to the, we would go to the temple. And at that time, they were only good for a year. You can right. see on this one, it was issued in 97 and expired in 98. Okay. And so, um, yeah, mine was year. Yeah. Now they're two years, I think. Um, but we wrote in the top corner, right above the serial number here on the side. <laughs> how many wrote, times you would go? How many times we would go? And he was oh like, what God. do you think? Like three, six times for the year? And I was like, no, we can go at least once a month. Right. And so he wrote 12 up in the corner. I think we doubled or tripled that because right. we go more than once a month. Friday was fun in the Boise Temple. When you go down, uh, when you go in the entrance and you go to the left, like you're going to the baptismal, before you get to the baptismal, there's stairs that go downstairs and there's a cafeteria down there oh. and they serve prime rib on Friday night and all the food at the cafeteria is at cost. Again, okay. exchange money in the temple. Right. Anyway, um, and so great date night. You take your wife <laughs> to the temple and you go do work for the dad, go through an endowment or a ceiling yeah. session or a washing and anointing session, whatever session oh you want. Gosh. And then you go have dinner together, have primary of yeah. awesome, romantic. Oh, that, that's romantic. Uh, With uh, your jammy, <laughs> your Jesus jammies on. <laughs> yes, Jesus jammies, my, my underwear. Yeah. Bed. So it was like you my jammies. wear those. Yeah. And I was very <laughs> conscious about that. You know, oh. that was deal yeah. like yeah. um to not let anyone ever see them because yeah. the, the gentile um was not we weren't allowed to let other people see them they were to be hidden and covered at all times um and i'll never forget i went over to a member's house and i'm friends with her now on facebook the daughter uh, her name is oh, nicole okay. um and we met up on one of the facebook groups or tiktok i'm not sure which but Oh my gosh, it's been like years. Like I'm 57 and she's like, this was back when I was, you know, in my twenties. And, and so we found each other and she's a Christian too. She oh, left okay. the church. Yeah. It's amazing. But so many I, of us have since, uh, since the internet, I feel like they've really struggled to keep the, the bottle on tight. And then they came out with that whole uh trust your faith don't trust your fears thing and don't look up things yes doubt yep. your doubts doubt <laughs> don't your be, doubts that's don't be what it was partner. yeah <laughs> so um, but it's, it's I, oh I, she lived around the corner from me from our house and our house was literally let me let me give you this the church chapel building the address was 1111 south cole road in Boise, Idaho. I'm sure it still is. My address yeah. was 1114 South Cole oh, Road. Wow. So right across right there. Yeah. Of the temple that are the angle shot that's mm -hmm. like the front and the side of the temple were taken from my driveway on a tripod by many people wow. several wow. times. Um, anyway, 
So I went over to her house and her dad answered the door and he was wearing his garment top and nothing. <laughs> you know, of course, he had bottom something yeah, on well, yeah. like, like shorts or something on. But, you know, just like a dude would wear like his jeans or his shorts, yeah. like a you know, like everyday, everyday jeans or everyday shorts <laughs> that you wear in public. He would he answered the door in his T-shirt, but it was his garment T-shirt. Here's right. his compass and square and his rule right. embroidered over, you know, his parts oh. and his, all his nipples and everything. You know, the, the 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 embroidered compass and square, the Masonic symbols. Yeah. And I could yeah. see it. And I was like, how did you know that I wasn't a member or that I was a member? I mean, and um, yeah. the, the, I, I didn't say anything to him. I kept myself quiet. But right. I was like, that is not that's that's so <laughs> That is so yeah. full. You can't do that. Um, yeah. And so many rules, so many rules. Not only that, but the judgment that you develop as a Mormon oh on other beings. Um, you know, judge not lest you be judged. Um, oh, yet, yeah. down your nose at regular, common, everyday folks if they were drinking a cup of coffee, let alone smoking a cigarette or, um, you know, anything else. It was like, yeah. You're, you're you're such a sinner. Yeah. The girl, the girl wearing a, a, a sundress or mm -hmm. you know uh, her shoulders exposed. Oh, I still get that. I love sundresses are my jam, and I still live in Utah. Boy, do I get the evil! I get the evil, the evil stare. I so, smile and like hi. <laughs> Make sure they see my tattoo or whatever. Yeah, with your yeah. tattoo, I saw that with, with my <laughs> crucifix on my hand. Yeah. So my cross. When I left after all that, I I had to break all those oaths and covenants and everything, and I developed a website, um, and all of that, and it was called at the time it was called helpingmormons.org, um, and I stayed with that for a long time, and that was the website address helpingmormons.org, um, but the whole name of the at the time I called it a ministry. I don't like to call it that now. I just call it an outreach. Right. Um, but it's still kind of a ministry, I guess, um, which is fine because I feel pulled and driven again. Um, thank you, God, um, to do it again, to get on the bandwagon again. And um, so praise uh, God, praise God that you can help people, because how how many of us come out and just feel so like your family goes against you? Like, even if they don't to your face, but mine did, mine sued me and tried to take my kids and all this crazy stuff. So then even if that doesn't happen to you, they don't treat you the same ever again. None of that with the family <laughs> stuff happened to me because I was the only member in my family. Um, but yeah. uh, I other did people, yeah, that you're helping. I mean, my, my mom's side of my family is in California. My dad's side of my family is in Michigan. I moved with my best friend uh keith from california to, to boise all i knew was him and then him and i had a falling apart a falling away or whatever you want to call it yeah falling yeah. out that's the word falling out mm -hmm. um and so i'm in this state where i know nobody i have no oh, family i have nobody but the church and you know i wasn't very active at the time when i first got to boise but the, the house I ended up, we looked, I looked and looked and looked at houses with my realtor and we had exhausted everything. And then one day he called me up. Hey, Rod, this house just came on the market. you got to go with me. We got to go see it. Nobody has seen it yet. I'm like, okay, let's go. So we went to go look at it. And lo and behold, it was right across the street from the temple and the church. That's and I was like, <laughs> it's a sign. 
God <laughs> where I'm supposed to be. Well, this is because to tell me to get back in church. Because and, you know, as a Mormon, how many times is it a sign or a feeling or some everything is it everything. So yes. Yeah. So um I did I did end up getting, you know, and I met my first uh wife. Uh, she was a born and raised member of the church. And uh, uh, I corrupted her at first because I wasn't <laughs> back on tr I wasn't back on track yet. Um, and she got kicked out of her parents' home. She was 18, but she was still in high school um, right. and um, her senior year. Um, and she called me like at three o'clock in the morning crying and told me to come get her and all of her stuff. And I did. Um, and we lived together um, in sin. Um, and uh, we eventually made amends with her mom and dad. Um, and we had our wedding in her mom and dad's backyard with my our bishop for our location because it's right. very segregated with it's divided up a lot like school districts where if you live on one side of the road you have to go to this ward if you live on this side of the road you have to go to a different ward um and so anyway our bishop married us in her mom and dad's backyard and um and then exactly a year to the date we were sealed in the boise temple for time and all eternity so we got we got married august the 4th my mother's birthday um um 1989 oh, and august the 4th of 90 we got sealed in the temple and we had been trying during that whole year of you know of now living legal married couple right. um, have a child and nothing was happening you know and and she went to the doctor i went to the doctor like and anyway, um, so when we were kneeling across the altar, and I thought this was so special and so testimony building. Oh, anyway, we kneeled across the altar. Neither one of us knew. She was about two to three weeks pregnant with our son. Okay. So my son, Daniel, God is my judge, um, was, which is what Daniel means, um, was in the temple with us when we got sealed for time and all eternity. That was I thought that, that was, was special. That was oh. the case with me as well. I was he was a convert. Yes. He was a convert and he was Catholic and Irish. His parents still hate me for that. I don't blame them. I'm sorry. <laughs> I anyways, we were married civilly because of the whole I was young and we were fooling around, whatever. And so then we got married by the bishop in the Relief Society room, blah, blah, blah. And then we turned around and we had gotten pregnant later and we had my daughter, I was like probably eight months pregnant at the time we went through, so. Oh, so she was there too. Yep, she was. Her name, is, to... her name is Celeste, so. Like, you didn't have to Celestial Kingdom, yeah, huh? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> You didn't have to. You didn't have to bring her back to the temple to have her no, uh, no. covenant. Yeah, because no. she was. But here's the messed up part. So later in my life, I go to get remarried, and he joins the church and everything. And I oh, said, oh. "Hey, do you? Do we need to have my son um, sealed to us because he was getting ready to go through?" And they said, "Oh no, it's just already done." And I said, "No, because." he's 
he he's not his son, my ex-husband. It's my new husband's son. So we need to seal him. And they said, oh, no, it's just um, a done deal with your ex-husband because he was born under the covenant. <laughs> oh, OK. So here's my story with that. OK, so um, after my I husband, left. My husband was very mad, by the way, on that. Yeah. Like, that was his son, his only child. He's like, wait, what? He was like, no. That's the male dominance of the church mm -hmm. coming into play huge right there. And what I'm about to tell you is going to totally play on that. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's grotesque. Um, so I um, got divorced from my son's mother um, and I got custody. I was awarded um, in Idaho. It's called, called primary residential custody and I was awarded child support. Didn't see a dime of it, but that's okay. Um, so I raised my son on my own and him and I today are like this. He's my buddy. I love him to death. And and now he made me a proud grandpa. I've got two beautiful grandchildren, 12 and nine years old. Um, anyway, so I was I got married to my second wife and we were about to go through the temple to get sealed. And here's the 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 play with the priesthood with the male dominated church. I had to send a letter, a certified letter, to my ex-wife informing her. That's it. It didn't matter if she responded negatively or positively, informing her that I was about to get sealed to another wife, which is spiritual polygamy. I would have both of them in heaven right. if I right. by their new name, by my yeah. priesthood power. Um, I almost said the other word that I said earlier before when we were in the meeting. Um, by my priesthood power. Um, and uh, anyway, if the tables were turned and yep. she was still, you know, a member of the church and she married another man and wanted to get sealed in the temple to him and we were still sealed to each other, she would have to write a letter asking me for my permission. And I could deny it. Yep. And she would not be able to get sealed to him. Yeah, this happened to me. This happened now, to me. And, and, but, but all I had to do was inform her that I was proceeding on. Now, you can have as many wives as you want. Yep. Yes. Spiritual polygamy. So even though the church doesn't practice it in the flesh, they still practice it. One of the presidents of the church, is it the, the, the leader of the church? Uh, um, what's his name? Oh, God. I can't remember. Um, uh, Russell, Russell and Nelson. Yes. His wife just died. They had a terrible uh, funeral for her where she was cast off to the side, not put front and center like all the men are when they have their funeral service in the uh, uh, the conference center. Um, but that her casket was over on the side and all the men are in their red chairs in, in the room in, and the prophet in the middle and all that. But the casket was off to the side. Where she, where whenever there is someone in leadership, whether it be president of the church or one of the apostles or the 70 or whatever that passes away, their casket is right in front, like right below the podium. Not in this case, not when it's a woman. She gets cast off to the side. That's what happened. Right. There's pictures of it all over the place. Um, so you you mean the skull and bones, Russell and Nelson? Did you know he's a skull and bones member? No. <laughs> Google. 
That's great. He wrote a biography before long ago. And you know, he's a doctor. Yeah, and yeah. yep. And so <laughs> he yep, he wrote a biography oh, and heart I, can't surgeon. I can't remember which, but I know he's a surgeon. And yes. so he wrote a biography. And now that book is $1,300 because they're trying to make it so inaccessible because it has this part in there about the skull and bone. <laughs> I was like, this is not real. But, and so I, I don't know if it was per se at Princeton, but he is a part of a skull and bone society. So yeah, that was, Somebody that was fun. Eventually so scan Yale. it that was Yale, on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be available. Oh, it's, it, you can find it. My friend at work told me about it and it was so funny because I, I found it right away. I was like, there's no way. And there it is. I was like, wow. <laughs> Direct quote from his biography. So that's fun. So, yeah, that, that was the whole ordeal. And I, I thought that, that really sat wrong with me, by the way. Um, yeah. And I want to get clear because I, I, I believe like we had talked about pre-show, um, I I love Star Trek because of the equality. All races, all genders are the same. Even the book of the Bible says, in God's kingdom, there's neither Greek nor Jew, nor male nor female, nor bond nor slave. Gender doesn't matter, and race doesn't matter in God's sight, period. Um, so um, anyway... But at the so time, interesting what we learned. <laughs> I, I, I felt kind of uncomfortable with knowing that had the tables been reversed, she would have had to ask my permission, and I could have taken that away from her. Right, that's wrong to me. Um, yet she could do it. I mean, I could get married. I could get sealed in the temple again, and just inform her. That's all that was required right. by church policy in the church handbook. Um, and she just had to be informed by certified letter, even. Um, so. Um, but it, uh, that was, uh, just, uh, an interesting thing. Anyway, so one <laughs> of the, some of the things I want to talk about besides the temple and, and breaking those oaths and covenants and, and putting out my website and, and sharing all of the temple ceremony out there loud and proud, breaking that night, not to reveal the oaths and covenants of the temple outside of the temple, you know, yeah. Same uh, I'll never uh, uh, my home teacher coming over and me talking with him about it because I, I had concerns right. and he went back and told my bishop. Oh, great. I was like, we're friends. We're, believe it or not, his name's, I won't give his last name, but his right. first name and we are still friends to this day on Facebook. Um, right. His wife is part of the Navajo, Na Navajo nation, white and delights him. Um, and <laughs> And we can uh, we can go into the next uh, part of oh, our yeah. um, thing here. I'm going to shrink my screen down so I can move my browsers okay. to another monitor here because I've got stuff. I think I can just, um, if you need me to push screen share, I can as well. I think it's already on. So, yeah. Am I sharing? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, I I. I'm just using this as reference, honestly. So, okay. I think I can close the Zoom now. Oh, gosh. We're still on. Yeah, I just, okay, there. Okay. Phew. Okay. Um, so, 
Um, <clears throat> the, the the church, besides the fact that you know the Bible says there's neither bond nor free, um, nor uh, Jew or Greek nor Jew, male nor female. Um, right. Basically, that is just one instance of um, two particular races, and, and as an example, um, and that it applies to all races. You know, um, it could it could say it could say something else besides Greek nor Jew. It could say, uh, you know, Spanish or French. It could say, um, you know, Asian or uh, uh, European. I, I don't know, but it, right. it doesn't matter. That's that's the, that's the point. Um, and with the the church's mindset, I don't know if you're aware, but there were actually black people that were baptized into the church under joseph smith in nauvoo um and it was more brigham young that really pushed i mean don't get me wrong joseph smith um said um in this is a this can be found on the joseph smith papers um website um this is a letter that he wrote to oliver cowdery as found in the messenger and advocate um, volume two, number seven, April 19, 1836. Uh, I do not believe that the people of the North have any more right to say that the South should not hold slaves, that the South have, have to say the North shall. The first mention we have of slavery is found in the Holy Bible. As far and so far from the that predication being adverse to the mind of God, if it slavery remains as a lasting monument of the decree of Jehovah to the shame and confusion of all who have cried out against the South in consequence of their holding the sons of Ham in servitude. <clears throat> so that's Joseph Smith. Um, I, I, I kind of get the impression that that was speaking against it. Um, and then also from the Joseph Smith papers and found in um, the Elder's Journal, he said, um, question 13, are the Mormons abolitionists? No, unless delivering the people from priestcraft and the priests from the power of Satan should be considered abolition. But we do not believe in setting the Negroes free. Quote, unquote. Um, so that, that was Brigham Young. That was Joseph or, Smith. No, that was oh, from Joseph the Smith. Journal that oh. is found online in the Joseph Smith papers. Oh, wow. Um, now, Brigham Young, um, he said, when all the children of Adam have had the privilege of receiving the priesthood and coming out, coming into the kingdom of God and being redeemed from the four corners of the earth and have received their resurrection from the dead, then it will be time enough to remove the curse from Cain and his posterity. Um, you must, and also that was from uh, the Journal of Discourses, Volume 2, which you can find on my website under the TLC uh, link at the top. Um, under their uh, library that is included on my website, um, not not available online anymore. Um, the the TLC website, the True and Living Church of Tri uh, the True and Living Church of Jesus Christ of Saints of the Last Days. Um, it is a spinoff group in Manti, Utah, a fundamentalist group. They are polygamists, um, and they believe that after 1890, uh, right around then. Um, the church lost the truth um, because that's right. when 
they were able to gain statehood because they denounced polygamy publicly. But we know they didn't denounce it completely. Right, right. And now they still practice spiritual polygamy, even though they don't do it in the flesh anymore. Um, in fact, you'll be excommunicated if you do it in the flesh. Um, right. So, um, but Brigham Young said uh, in the Journal of Mormon Thought, spring of, um, I'm sorry, wait a minute. In the New York Herald, May 4th, 1855, as cited in Dialogue, a Mormon journal thought, spring of 1973. Um, it says, you must not think from what I say that I am opposed to slavery. No, the Negro is damned and is to serve his master till God chooses to remove the curse of hell. Again, he said also in uh, uh, Prophet Brigham Young, Brigham Young address, February the 5th, 1852, from the LDS Historical Do Department online. There's a, uh, anyway, um, the moment the moment we consent to mingle with the seed of Cain, the church must go to destruction. We should receive the curse. We should receive the curse, which has been placed upon the seed of Cain and never more be numbered with the children of Adam, who are the heirs to the priesthood until that curse be removed. He also made a statement and I, I won't go into it too much, but he also made a statement about um, if we if we uh, mingle with the seed of Cain, um, meaning black people, as taught by the Mormon church that they are cursed with a black skin and a flat nose. If we mingle and marry into or have children together, that it would be death on the spot. And that comes into blood atonement. Uh, because there are some sins that are cannot be forgiven under the blood of Christ, that your own blood must be spilled um, to pay for that sin. Murder and adultery, um, and this was considered, because he said it, death and on the leaving, spot. And leaving the church or telling the secret. Yes, <laughs> and that was a great Apostasy. move. That yes. was done way back in the day by um, Hollywood, um, was the avenging angel. Um, yes. Oh, Gosh, such a good movie. Um, oh. Here's some food for thought. There you go. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is written by John J. Stewart. Notice the middle initials in there. A yeah. sermon published by the request of an uh, explanation of Latter-day Saints Church doctrine regarding the Negro and those of Negroid blood. That's just on the inside of the cover, the the inset. Um, <laughs> and what this was? When was this around? Like around segregation time, or this or was like before published. Here See, we this are. really set set me off because my brother actually married a black lady, and so th this really upset me because my this niece is black. This is the ninth printing, 1967, copyright 1960. Oh, wow. yeah. This is the ninth printing of this wow. disgusting book. And, oh, I... Yeah, I always knew, somebody asked me on the last podcast, it was the White Rabbit asked me, so were you a racist and, and like kind of a, upheld in racism by your church and i i said you know what i always knew it wasn't it wasn't true i i grew up in pocatello around a lot of native american tribes and so
so I knew from a young age that God, there was no way that God made these little babies and kids like some curse. Like I knew it was BS. I called BS. I used to torture my grandpa about it and say, do you want me? Uh, I never did. I only, I got, I, I got more into it when I was here because I was just a little kid there. But uh, okay. I moved here when, back to Utah when I was about 12. So here's another but, one. Yeah. Wow. And, and they, I'm sure they denounce it all. It, it amazes me this, if they want to criticize the Bible and say, it's only correct in as far as it was translated. How come they keep changing their own temple ceremonies? How can they keep changing their own books? How can they keep changing their own things? Yes. So the men that run the church, all them old farts right. that yeah. run the church, <laughs> including that conversation with that interviewer who's interviewing um, uh, the guy that's dying, getting like he's got bad health issues right now. Um, uh, he was at his desk in this, in this video and he's being interviewed by the press and he and is talking about, um, uh, man, why is anything coming to me right now? Um, well, you know why the, the, we're trying to spit truth and that's what uh, happened. The guy that ran for president. Um, oh, Romney, Romney, Mitt yeah. Romney. Yes. Yes. So. He's interviewing the lead, this prophet or president or whatever it is of the church. Um, is it Faust? James E. Faust? Um, and he's talking about what Mitt Romney covenanted to in the temple when Mitt Romney first went through, including all of that. Um, and, um, and, and then at first, he denied it wasn't Faust. I met Faust in person in Sizzler Restaurant in Provo. Oh, wow. In Salt Lake City, actually. Not Provo. Um, I have a picture. I have a picture uh -huh. with my family. Um, my oh, my wow. third wife, my son, my mother, and Faust, and me. Wow. Um, anyway, um, he denied it at first that, oh, no, no, he didn't do that. And then he said, wait a minute. <laughs> this was this was something that he done in the temple, but isn't any longer, right? And he said, yeah. So then he did go through, and then he finally admits it. And he's yeah. caught in a lie on film, on camera, that he he at first tried to deny that Mitt Romney did those kind of oaths yeah. and covenants. Yeah, uh, everybody and, did. Yeah. So with all of that said, and the blacks not receiving the priesthood until 1978, how many people in the Mormon church today are still walking in this teaching that says that they are the seed of Cain and they are cursed and that they did bloody oaths in the temple. How many people are still walking around today with that mindset, having taken those specific covenants and oaths in the temple and believing that that black people are the, the, the they are cursed. And if right. you mix Cain, you're doomed, you're death on the spot. It's disgusting when you think about it. And to think that, on that date, during general conference, are you, what are you doing? Look up here. On that date, during general oh, conference, it disappeared. There you go. On the recording of the cassette tapes that I have here. Oh yeah, I general conference of October 1978, of when they announced that all worthy males are allowed to hold the priesthood. 
there are still Finally. people around Finally. that, that these, these yeah. people are nasty. They're dirty. They aren't worthy in God's eyes. But we had to give it to them because, you know, peer pressure. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, and, yeah. And, that was the way we felt more about doctrine it. With, by Bruce R. McConkie. Um, and look up Cain in here. Um, and look up Catholic, the whore of Babylon, the the and 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 how they don't persecute. Why are you persecuting us? We don't persecute other religions. All churches are an abomination. First vision. Let's go back to that. Yes. You know, um, all churches are an abomination. They come close to me with their heart, but they are far from me with no, they come close to me with their mind their mouths, but they are far from me with their hearts. Um, something to that effect. Yes. You know, and and, and you know the the mind washing, the brainwashing that happened for you as a child, um, right. as this, they don't have Christians beware. Mormon church does not have the song Amazing Grace in their hymnal. They don't have the song The Old Rugged Cross in their hymnal because they focus more on Gethsemane where, where Jesus took upon him the sins of the world. All of the things that happened in the Old Testament were a shadow of things to be fulfilled in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, they would go and they would take the lamb and they would place their hands on the head of the lamb and transfer their sin to the lamb that was to be slaughtered. And, and that lamb would die with their sins upon it. Jesus took our sins upon him in the Garden of Eden. But then he died with those sins. He was slaughtered, the lamb to the slaughter. How dare they say Joseph Smith was a lamb to the slaughter when he had his pepper box six shooter pistol in his hands. You cannot be a martyr or a, or a lamb to the slaughter if you are shooting back and defending yourself. I get it if he wasn't defending himself. And by all rights, he had every reason to defend himself. I understand. Well, the fact, the side, besides the fact that he was convicted <laughs> criminal. He was there. Yeah. He's a convicted criminal. He shouldn't have a gun in jail. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like someone giving him the file and the cake, you know. But right. anyway, he stuck in the gun. He had a gun. He wasn't a lamb to the slaughter. But anyway, our sin was transferred to Jesus, and then he was slaughtered or slain with our sins upon him. And if that final part didn't happen, it wouldn't have been complete. Right. It is It is done. And, and the Mormon church, it's not done. There it's is not. so much work to do. Well, and they make sure that there's man in between anything that we want for grace. There's no grace given without a cost. So you have to go through all, like you were telling me about, I had to go through one of those council things. And like, you have to go to the bishop and then the bishop decides if it's bad enough and it goes and it goes and it, whatever you do, it isn't between you and God. It's between you and a man, then uh, upwards from there. It could be between you and the whole church, depending on how vile your problem was, whatever that was. I'll never forget, I'll never forget when I left. <clears throat> um, I wrote my letter, um, and I wrote it on May 3rd. It was dated. Um, it's on my website. I wrote my letter on May 3rd, 1998, and I mailed out three copies um, and one was addressed to the bishop, one was addressed to the state president, and one was addressed to church headquarters in Salt Lake City. Um, and the the church was the first to respond. The church headquarters was the first to respond, but they told me that it had to be handled at the local level. 
And so um, I then got a letter that told me that I was invited to a church disciplinary council, um, that I was not allowed to bring a recording device of any kind into the meeting. I could bring witnesses on my behalf. Um, so I'm going to a courtroom. I'm guilty and I'm, I'm having to defend myself now. That's what this is. The letter, and you'll see it if you look at them on, on my documents there. The letter invited me to have my, my uh, church disciplinary council on June 14th at 7 a.m. in the morning. Cool. June 14th my birthday. <laughs> You're not oh. going to do it. Yeah, no. Oh, flipping dare you. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'll use a good Mormon curse word there, flipping. <laughs> now, um, so did I go? No, because when I let go of those three letters into the blue mailbox, I can't explain to you in words fully the feeling that came over me. His yoke is light. His yoke is light. And the yoke of Mormonism is not light. It's very heavy. Oh, it's so and heavy. That is on you as a Mormon. It controls every aspect of your life. Like I was talking about with the garments, with when you wear them and how you wear them and where, where you don't wear them. And um, to not drinking coffee or tea is 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 post them okay. Yeah, but it might give you the poops. Um, and uh, uh, <laughs> no, and uh, is cocoa okay? I don't know. It's a hot drink. Um, and and. You know, the R-rated movie, oh, I don't know, it's PG-13, is it okay? And I mean, every decision of your life, in the word of wisdom, it says that you should also abstain from meat except in times of famine and eat it sparingly. Um, but the Mormons don't do that. It's at every buffet uh, or uh, potluck, you yeah. know? Um, so we pick and choose what, what, what we want to apply to our members um, from the word of wisdom, even though it encompasses so much more. Um, and... Uh, uh, it just, it just, it, there's, there's so much for you to prove. And, and the, the thing with perfection, um, oh boy. Um, and it's just never enough. It's like, and if you look at it, they're the most, some of the most, not all, and I don't have the stats on it, but many of the Mormon people never feel good enough. They're highly on anti-depression pills they oftentimes have opioid issues they have huge porn issues and i know this because i'm a nurse that works in behavioral health in the middle of the mecca of utah so i see in utah yeah exactly exactly they had to put a stop that yeah they had to put a stop to it somehow because nobody was listening on that one i guess but I mean, and some of the stuff they know that's wrong, like either they're really legalistic and they completely do it to the weirdest letter or they'll try and manipulate it somehow. They're some of the most manipulative people I've ever been around when they're encompassed, not the normal people. I'm not talking about the normal family next door that's sweet and nice. I'm talking about people at a higher level of the church. Right, so. right. And, and again, those people at that higher level of the church are all under that old yeah. mindset. And and yeah. we're just, we flipped a switch on October, 1978, and that all went away. And our mindset yeah. completely changed. Our perspective towards a whole race of people completely changed. And, and we don't want to leave out 
is very important we don't leave out here. Um, the fact that the Book of Mormon still teaches today, today in the Book of Mormon, the most correct book on earth. And a man can get closer by abiding by its precept than any other book, because the Bible is only good as far as it is translated correctly. But 2 Nephi 5, 21 through 23, and I'm going to read it in its entirety. Forgive me. Um, and and I my reading skills are sometimes when I'm nervous like this, uh, forgive me. Um and he had caused the cursing to come upon them, yea, even a sore cursing, because of their iniquity. For behold, they had hardened their hearts against him, that they had become like unto flint. Wherefore, as they were white and exceedingly fair and delightsome, that they might not be enticing unto my people, the, the Lord God did cause a skin of blackness to come upon them. And thus saith the Lord, I will cause that they shall be loathsome unto thy people save shall repent say they shall repent of their iniquities and cursed shall that shall be the seed of him that mixeth there with their seed for they shall be cursed even with the same cursing and the lord spake it and it was done this is talking about the native americans up until recently the recent change in the, the book of mormon edition said that the american Indians or Native Americans or indigenous people, uh, I would assume because of the imagery that has been shoved down our throats about the Book of Mormon, um, North America, Central America, and South America, with the, the the ruins, the Aztec and Maya ruins, with Jesus standing there in front of uh, in front of the temple uh, that is in the Aztec and Mayan cultures, um, pretending that that is supposed to be the prince of all of the North, South, Central, Native people are supposed to be the principal ancestors of the Native Americans we know today. Yet after DNA, mitochondrial DNA testing, it comes to find out that there's not one drop of Israelite blood in any of them, that they actually have more like blood from Syria. They came over the land bridge and, and they're not Israelites. And <laughs> You know, they, they they teach that it was Jared who came over on the boat first, and then Father Father Lehi, um, you know, came with his son, with his family, and of those two two of the sons were Lehi and Laman, and they fought like brothers do, and but Laman was a a scoundrel and didn't want to be right with God and didn't want to be righteous and. Uh, um, and, and Nephi was just a little whipped pu puppy dog that did everything he was supposed to do. And he was the holier than thou one. And, uh, and, and basically that's when God did this. He put this curse because, uh, Laman, um, the whole Cain and Abel story is repeated in the book of Mormon with new names and new faces. It's so fun. <laughs> um, so basically Laman, uh, uh, I, was it, was it? Did, did Laman try to kill Nephi? Yeah. Um, and did I think he? they both went against, they both went against him, right? Laman and Lemuel. And I know there was the sacrifice that was made yeah. also. And um, I don't know, I get the stories confused. I can't and remember I, now. I try to block it out. I have PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> so me too. Um, and that's why I can't let go of it. And that's why I reignited my website now right. more. Action.com that used to be helpingmormons.org 
but it's still the same website. I was actually able to import my entire old website from the Internet Archive and oh, found wow. a web post that would actually still work with Microsoft Front Page 2000. Wow. Um, wow. And I can I can use a FTP program um, to uh, FileZilla um, to transfer and upload my site and change things and add YouTube videos and all of that. Oh, I'll, have to, nice. I'll have to get some of yours on there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I have a I have a testimony page where it's uh, ex Mormons who um, are now Christian and sharing mm -hmm. their story and it's beautiful. Um, yeah. And but regardless of all that, um, so these uh, the 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 Nephites were basically all killed out by the Lamanites. Um, any the, the the family of Laman grew and grew and grew and became the Laman Knights. And the Nephi, the family, the Nephi, Nephi, Nephi and his family grew and grew and grew, and they became the Nephites. And so basically they were at war with each other because one was terrible and mean and ugly, and the other <laughs> one was great, fantastic, and beautiful, right. and likes them even. Right. And um and they were at war with each other, and eventually the Lamanites killed all the Nephites, except for one, Moroni, um, who took the gold plates to New York State. Um, oh, yeah, somehow, yeah. somehow. Somehow, so all that way. He carried them all in, that way. In um, Joseph Smith's backyard. Let's see. Start. Okay. Recording. 